0: The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be used in the place of advice from a mental health medical professional for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. The opinions shared in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect those of our employers. Thank you for listening.
1: Hey everybody and welcome back to the second episode of season two of Here Comes a Thought. Woo! We're all back. We're back on a consistent schedule. It's amazing. It's awesome. Yes, thank you for the wonderful round of applause. Uh, so as always here on Here Comes a Thought, we like to take a couple episodes uh, and we break them down into digestible little bites and we take a look at all the psychological themes within each episode. And, you know, we, we try to spread the positivity of this show. Um, for those who don't know, my name is Mark Quiddies, um, and I have my two wonderful co-hosts here with me. We have the wonderful John Ramos. Hey, that's Dr. John Ramos. You're right. It is now. Look at that. Before, in season Officially. one, wasn't a doctor. Now, in season two, he's a doctor. How much time has passed? You'll never know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's leave it that way
0: yeah exactly and, and, and we're gonna deal with a yelling puppy for a little bit until somebody comes and takes him so hi everybody i'm cat
1: <laughs> i was just about to say and here's our wonderful uh licensed marriage and family therapist cat laforja
0: i am not licensed yet i really wish i was but well, covid has our... been kicking my ass
1: okay so correction our marriage and family therapist yes cat LaForgia.
0: yeah 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 just take away all my credentials
1: you're (laughs) still you're you're an lmft in our hearts
0: oh i'm a phd student that's
1: that's an accomplishment especially during these covid times
0: so hey i think that's the only thing that's not getting stopped with covid right now is my education hey
1: and my job so all right. So in today's episode, we are going to be taking a look at uh, the episodes Love Letters and Reformed. And these episodes, we're going to take a look at uh, the character of Jamie the Mailman. That's going to be fun. We haven't had an episode about him yet. Have we? No, we don't I don't think, think we have. No. Yeah. So this is our first Jamie episode. It's going to be awesome. And then we have Reformed with Amethyst. And we have some stuff going on with Amethyst that is really groundbreaking, really awesome. Let's get into it
0: i have a question what so is it reformed or is it reformed it's i get... both
1: <laughs> i'm
0: a spanish speaker <laughs> okay, so let's, speaker, like... <laughs> so... let's get not, into are we gonna break
1: down english lexicon before well, we get into psychology here
0: i i <laughs> think i think it's something that needs to be discussed in that when we discuss that episode
1: okay i i guess i hear what you're saying because when you say reformed and reformed in mm-hmm. two different when, the, the different connotations of the influx of how you say it have two different meanings I get that I think in this sense you'd say reformed because of what happens in the episode with Amethyst which we will get into when we get to reformed, reformed. but I, I'm saying <laughs>
2: it's reformed it's mean, reformed it, just making that clear <laughs>
1: Listen, we can get into the debate of reformed and reformed when we get there. But I am simply putting it out there. I say reformed, and I have my reasons.
0: All right, and let's let's start with love well, letters. Well,
1: well, 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 let's let's get love letters out of the way. Let's get Jamie out of the way, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's that's how they all think about him. Just get him out of the way.
1: <laughs> no, 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 that's yeah. Ronaldo. <laughs> I get away somewhat with the care about Jamie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so love
1: letters. We have. Uh, Jamie, the mailman returns. He went to, uh, the wonderful world of Kansas to become a thespian. Um, and he delivers this huge thing of mail to Steven because nobody else in, in beach city apparently knows where Steven lives. They can't see the giant woman carved in the cliff side, apparently. Um, so, uh, Jamie is delivering the mail sees Garnet for the first time, instantly is smitten with Garnet. And I mean, honestly, who wouldn't be instantly smitten with Garnet? Uh, she did So, she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the whole episode uh, basically follows Jamie as he confesses his love uh, for Garnet. Uh, and both Steven and Garnet are both like, oh, no, 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 that's not going to work because as we now know, Garnet is a fusion between Ruby and Sapphire. And they're already in a very, very committed, very long-lasting relationship. And as Garnet liked to put it, three's a crowd. So they tried, uh, Stephen and Connie tried to let Jamie down easy, um, and that backfires. Uh, and then ultimately Garnet has to come out and do it personally and reject him, but it comes on a little too harsh, so he gets heartbroken Um and is sulking and being in his drama zone, as I like to say. And then Garnet goes and talks to him again and sort of gives him a confidence boost saying, hey, listen, like, love is is a very complex and complicated thing. There is no such thing as love at first sight. But, hey, you're an amazing actor. So start with local theater and move your way up. And, uh, yeah, and that's kind of how love letters goes
0: okay seriously who the hell goes to kansas to become an aspiring thespian
1: listen i'm sure there's a very big theater company out there i don't know (laughs) but i'm just saying it's possible that there's a very big uh theatrical scene in kansas the one good thing in kansas (laughs) i'm sorry to everybody
2: living in kansas i didn't i
0: I love yeah. Kansas. We right? just I love made all the Midwestern of, states. You just,
2: just made a lot of Kansas. Kansian? Kent, Kent, I, I, I don't
0: know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> of, of thespians from Kansas very angry.
1: Listen, I love all the Midwestern states.
0: I don't know all the Midwestern states, so sure.
1: Wow. And you call yourself an American.
2: Mm-hmm. It seems you wouldn't pass the immigration test.
0: The immigration people wouldn't pass the immigration test. (laughs) Yeah. So.
2: So. Love that.
0: (laughs) Now that we're on that. (laughs) Like, seriously, first off. Okay. Like, yes. Garnet's hot. Like, (sighs) the fact that Jamie comes in wearing sunglasses that say, what was it? Movie star? Yeah. 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 And he's like, no, I got this from, like, the gift shop. (laughs) Like, seriously. The kids are easily impressed by him. I have to give him that. Mm -hmm. I mean, but, like, nobody says, yes, I made my break in acting in Kansas.
2: (gasps) It almost sounds like Cairns.
0: Yeah. Maybe he meant Cairns.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, um I think you're the one's making Kansian's angry
0: now. <laughs> I'm I'm setting up for the whole thing that Jamie is just a poser.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. I mean his acting isn't even good. Um, uh,
2: uh, ho- okay. That's what relative.
0: That? that that I think
1: that's a, that's just an opinion here.
0: <laughs> oh, but it's true. <laughs>
1: oh no 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 no. This no. is a cat fact. <laughs> We're doing cat facts now, everybody. <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> now give the phone to me. We're having cat facts. That's right. Apparently, Jamie is bad at acting. Now I'd like to beg to differ. I think Jamie is a wonderful actor. He's very over the top, very melodramatic. Sure. But that's just his style, baby. He he
0: just. I, wa- I believe he, he you are a great actor. If you are trying to get me to believe that Jamie's a good actor,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I you know I don't want to. Toot my you know what? Mind, but, you we know. all start somewhere, and he needs to start in local theater. But I think yeah. he has potential. He already he, he already got rid of his you know of the shyness of acting, which is one of the first steps, right? Of not being able to to fulfill a role because like you're still scared of of moving out of your own persona.
1: Yeah, now he just has a fear of rejection because he got rejected so many times while out in Kansas. Mm-hmm. It's Which I because I, I, he's I, a
0: bad actor.
1: I don't think. Okay, I say he is not a bad actor. I say he's a very good actor, but it's just his style is not. It's not suitable for modern theater. That, that's is... my opinion. That's my opinion. It's not suitable for modern theater. Modern theater is a very different animal to tackle. And the way he comes across in this episode, it's very old school, almost Shakespearean.
0: No, it is soap opera ish.
2: Um, I mean, Shakespeare is a soap opera. Let's face yeah,
1: it. Yeah. See, exactly. See, John's on my side. Like me, <laughs> <three to> one. <laughs>
0: no, like. He is, yes, melodramatic, definitely, but like a soap opera. I'm saying. Like like those telenovelas that you put on and with, with your, your abuela and you sit down and they're like, Maria, <gasps> Jose.
2: Okay, so let's. No
0: let's, me diga.
2: <laughs>
0: con mi hermano.
2: That, that made absolutely no sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't speak Spanish that's, and even I knew that didn't make acting. any sense. <laughs> She said, "Maria Jose, don't tell I'm... me with my brother."
0: Yep.
1: Okay. No, I could see how that would make sense. See. Okay. Okay,
2: but that's. That
0: think... I'm, I'm. I'm betting you. I'm betting you don't watch telenovelas.
1: <laughs> I have seen my fair share of telenovelas, and I'm telling mm-hmm. you that it see like Jamie would be a perfect actor for, for the telenovela. telenovela. For telenovela. And that's a, that's the thing.
2: I think that that shows the the relativity of skill. In a cultural setting, maybe he would make a good telenovela actor, which actually make a lot of money, and are very renowned in Latin American contexts. Yes. So he could be a good actor.
0: Yeah, no, that's not in English.
1: (laughs) No, I think he's a great actor. It's just his skill repertoire right now is just so limited, and it's 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 great for one particular niche. But the way he wants to go, it's not suitable. So he needs to branch out. He needs to change. needs to adapt. Mm-hmm. And, and he needs just to explore himself. He's just not getting that. At least not in this episode. He's just not getting that.
0: Yeah. I, I think in Kansas, he kept getting rejected. And he doesn't get a clue. Which is very evident by the fact that Garnet showed no interest in him. Whatsoever.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And he read way too far into Connie's letter now on that note Connie and Steven should have just butted out of that like okay fine help Garnet write the note when she wrote N-O signed Garnet you know what
1: you forgot the period
0: oh yeah and the period that would be that is what he needs and Mm. I'm sure he probably would have read further into that because that just seems to be his character
2: hmm I wonder, because when when Garnet actually had the opportunity to talk to him, she was like, I'm not interested in you whatsoever. And he took that on its face. I think if he would have read the "no" letter, I think it would have been enough, but maybe sort of putting it in obscure flowery language, then perhaps he he misinterpreted the tone of the letter
1: yeah i think because remember what he was saying earlier he said that he got so many rejections that he couldn't he would not be able to stand another rejection of any kind Mm -hmm. so when he's reading this letter he's looking at the different he's he's purposely i think like he's purposely trying to miss the main point of the message and focus on the flowery bits or the subtle or like the small offhand compliments to sort of reinforce this idea that she's interested Mm -hmm. um and that's i feel like that's more so a sense of denial of anything like he's refusing to accept this fact until like it's just straightforward and to the point like garnet's original message would have been Mm -hmm. he would he you know there was no way to misinterpret it it's just no which is you know that would work but at the same time you know steven and connie are trying to you know at least how about the guy you know the the sole purpose isn't to just absolutely crush this person you Mm -hmm. know you want to make sure that they're gonna be okay i mean i guess not everybody really really uh, it's a tricky thing yeah i would say because i i would say most people would not want to try and just shut down a person be like okay no i don't care what happens to you afterwards what your mental state is like most people would be at least try to be considerate enough to put them down like let them down in a way that um lets them like they get the message it's clear and concise Mm -hmm. but not to the point where it's like i'm gonna crush your soul in the palm of my hand and i'm gonna make you watch me do it you know like that's what garnet would do because garnet you know she's a gem doesn't necessarily fully understand human emotions
0: mm-hmm. and
1: therefore it doesn't phase her. Yeah.
0: See, I don't think Garnet said no in that way to crush him. She said it so that she was direct and to the point and there was no beating around the bush. There is no, um, there, there's no way he can misconstrue the, the message. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's I, all I, she I, wanted. And in all honesty, that that should be how everybody talks to everybody. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't put on, or use more words, um, to to explain how you feel to somebody. If you don't, guess what? There's a whole book. He's just not that into you. Somebody needs to throw that shit at his head. I
1: I <laughs> I, mean, I I I agree with that. I feel like the way Connie and Stephen rewrote the whole letter was a bit over the top it definitely did not need to be that flowery and definitely used way too many words but what I'm, i what i'm more so saying is that in her message like yes it's direct blunt to the point no way to misinterpret it but she's not taking into account his feelings mm-hmm. which i guess yeah and, and this is where i was saying it's tricky there are some people that just you know you don't care Okay, I'm not interested. So who cares about what you feel because I'm not gonna reciprocate. So deal with that what, how you will. Um, but you know, for some other people, it's like, well, I don't want them to feel absolutely devastated. You know, or if especially if you know, and this this is a, a out of the you know Jamie's scenario here. Let's say you're someone confesses to you, and that someone you know. And you know that they have a history of, you know, maybe depression or other things like that. And you need to let them down. You're not going to just say no, knowing and not not bother bother with their feelings because that could have a lot of unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is to let them down in a way that they can't misinterpret,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but also be considerate enough of their feelings. So. It's not like soul crushing in this. Okay,
0: sense. so I'm going to be the girl in this one because what ends up happening is guys either take it as if you don't say directly no in mm-hmm. a way that I'm sorry is going to hurt your man feelings. Men will take it as either they have to try harder or that no wasn't really a no.
2: Yeah. And that's sort of the balance that, that, that we have to strike here. And it's part of what makes it so difficult. I think it's a, it's a universal experience that we've all been rejected at some point in our lives, either be romantically or like friendships or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and for that same reason, I think it's an universal, an universal thought for us to have empathy to a point where we want to make things softer and we want to make things comfortable because we know how hard it is to be rejected. But at the same time, there's often these situations where you say, "Mm, I don't think we should be together. And they interpret it as should means, does not mean could, which means there's a possibility, which means maybe I should go harder. (laughs) And so it becomes a, a lot harder to be able to be empathetic because you have to drive that balance. Of making sure they get the message, but at the same time, um, like, not be brutal in the process. And I think, you know, often we feel we have to be like the one who just says, an N-O, oh, period. And often we feel like we have to be the one that says, you know, well, it's not you, it's me, it's, you know, circumstances, stuff like that. And I think driving the balance of those two ideas is the hardest part of the process. And I think Garnet sort of settles into that balance when she sits down with him after she let him down, uh, you know, brutally a second time. And she says, you know, I'm really not interested in you or having a relationship with you, but you seem like a smart guy, like... And maybe you should just go for theater, but just know that I have no idea of entertaining a relationship with you. And that sounds, to me, that sounds harsher than it should be. But I think that's that's definitely, it, it depends on the person that that's saying the message or receiving the message in the circumstance.
0: Yeah, it's going to be de- like, everything is about perception.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So... Jamie, if he was having a really bad day, can take that no letter as, like, it's the be-all, end-all, uh ultimate rejection and walk out into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Or he could take it as, okay, you know what? She's not into me. I can move on and do something else. Yeah. The conversation, again, is about perception. It could have been um extremely brutal, but in all honesty, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It- how was she supposed to explain to a human, I'm already a couple.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Garnet is just the child of the relationship that's there. When two people love each other so much, they fuse and become Garnet. Like, seriously, how was how his little brain supposed to comprehend that? Yeah. So it went from the, oh, so by the way, we forgot something in that letter. So it's N-O period the end forever and even after that yours truly mm-hmm. garnet
1: yeah really cementing in the fact that there is absolutely zero chance
0: yeah ever. and in all honesty I still don't think it's that brutal mm-hmm. so then becomes comes that flowery one that Connie and Steven decide well Connie really uses the poetic language um, so and she says I watched some episodes of a torrid soap opera once, So I'm confident that I can get the gist of a room of romance.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So dear Jamie, you dear camellia expect expectantly w- await the light of my moon. Yet my light is more of a scorching, wilting, dry desert heat. And as for your metaphorical surgeon, it is with a heavy heart that I urge you to seek a second opinion. I return your heart to you. And then Stephen, of course, your hair is nice. Um, Yours, but not really, Garnet. Like.
2: Which seems pretty direct. From my reading.
0: It would sound pretty direct. But again, here we go with your thoughts about it. My thoughts about it. And then Jamie's thoughts about it. And Mark's thoughts about it. We're all going to have different thoughts about it. Because I'm over here going. It's actually not that direct. It's saying that like, I'm too hot for you. You would have to try harder. And that's probably where Jamie's going. Hmm. It's like, it says here, you need a second opinion. Oh, she just wants me to try again. She's playing hard to get.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, and then, and then the compliment at the end.
2: Yeah. And that's the problem why, why language can be, when language is ambiguous it can lend to different meanings. And so that's exactly what we're saying. The sort of interpretation I got from that message was literally like, we're incompatible in our in the way we approach romance. And so I think I have to renege on your proposition.
0: Yeah, but Jamie literally says that yeah. Garnet, he said Garnet read her, his letter and he, uh, no, he read Garnet's letter and he understands that she's returned uh returned his heart. Which mm-hmm. could be taken any way. Like, I'm not taking your heart. Here you go. You go give it to somebody else. Or I've given you've given me your heart and I'm giving it back to you full of my love.
2: Yeah. Like I'm returning like, my love.
0: Exactly. I'm returning like, your
2: love. Yeah. This
0: is like he's he's reading way more into it because they didn't give him that direct no sometimes mm-hmm. that's that's what people need
2: and he what he's expecting is the acceptance yeah right? he's not expecting rejection because he's he it's not within his purview so whatever he interprets he'll interpret within the lens of what if she accepts
0: exactly what does so, this
2: mean considering that she'll accept
0: so this is all based on the I already know how I feel about her and I believe she feels the same way
2: mm-hmm I think Sorry. there's an there's <laughs> another, um, there's another sort of like thread to pick up on in this episode. And it's sort of Stevens and Connie's attitude towards the whole situation. I think, imagine you're, you have two friends and one of them is in love with the other. And you know for a fact that the other one does not want to entertain a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And in this situation, Connie and Steven see that Garnet is absolutely not interested, but they keep insisting in that. Maybe if Jamie is romantic enough, she'll develop an interest or something. And then when she says absolutely not, then they start doing the whole flowery language thing. And I think sometimes when we're sort of what what they're doing right here is like at the beginning of the episode, they say they want to help him out. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to be because we're outside of the situation and we can see the different variables that are in play i think it's important that sometimes as the quote unquote you know friend or or wingman we let them know when we think that boundaries are being breached right mm-hmm. and that's that's something that's hard for a lot of people to conceive when, you know, as as your best friend, maybe my job should be to get you to get the girl no matter what. And so I think it's very extra important as a best friend or as a friend to let them know, I don't think this person is interested in a romance at all. And for your own safety, I would I, I think it's best if you take that into account and respect boundaries. If that makes any sense.
0: No, that yeah. makes complete sense. But now this goes back to conversations we've had before. How do the crystal gems express and teach Stephen boundaries? And how does Be- Stephen learn boundaries? Because let's, let's look at where he lives. He lives in that beach house with the crystal gems. His bedroom is, is, is literally his bed is right there by the front door. People are walking in and out Right there. Boundaries are crossed on a consistent basis. The warp pad is right in front of him. Like, they can just warp in and out. The only ones who actually have rooms, private rooms, are the gems. Steven has no boundaries. hmm So, him going into this, this, uh, quote-unquote wingman position is fraught with disaster because of the fact that he doesn't know appropriate boundaries and then on top of that he's crossing um well he's crossing so many boundaries but let's let's just put it in the concept of he's still a child they're adults and now he's meddling with adult relationships
3: mm-hmm.
0: connie is trying to help based on the gist of romance from soap operas so she's not even basing this off of real life relationships
3: Mm-hmm
2: and the way they try to help is by forging a letter in somebody's name right because they they don't use their actual words so So that's that's another breach of boundaries
0: so who is responsible for teaching steven then the boundaries um and i i'm gonna say i'm kind of surprised that connie was the one who was like yeah let's go and do this letter Based on the fact that her parents should have taught her boundaries.
2: Mm-hmm. I think she's also a, a romantic at heart. And as she says, she takes examples from soap operas. And so, you know, soap operas are fraught with lack of boundaries. Um, <laughs> yeah, soap so,
0: operas aren't real life people. <laughs>
2: yeah. And so I think she she's she's getting overexcited by the fantasy of being able to take part in somebody's relationship and make that happen.
0: These these are two kids who can't express to each other how they truly feel about each other, mm-hmm. but it's kind of obvious based on the fact that they become Stevani.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, that's that's just.
1: I need more Stevani in my life.
0: I totally need more Stevani in my life. Yeah. So, but again, so Garnet is the adult. um, And Jamie, I want to say he's an adult, but he's, he's adult-like. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's the age of an adult. adult. He's the age of an adult. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: But again, I don't think Jamie has had the relationships that would necessitate understanding what real romance is and what real life uh, relationships are. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so he thinks if he kind of does what happens in plays or television that's how real life relationships work mm-hmm. and that goes back to a childlike perception of relationships um, based on that's how like I mean just right there Connie is saying like oh I, I know how romance works because I've watched some soap operas mm-hmm. like that's what a child thinks
2: The thing is, I think it applies to anyone who doesn't have first-hand experience or somebody who teaches them, right? If I never had, you know, parents um, teach me boundaries or previous relationships teaching me boundaries or having adequate sort of media representation teaching me those boundaries, where am I supposed to learn all that stuff, you know? Um, And I think that's part of what's important in the sense of,
0: Wait, wait, um, wait! School.
2: <laughs> there is no school, cat. Oh my god! The number. We had one day without mentioning it.
1: You did this on purpose.
0: <laughs> I yeah. feel better now. Go
2: ahead. <laughs> okay. So I think we all have to learn it from somewhere, right? And that's, you know, life is complicated, and sometimes we don't get those lessons until, you know, we're faced, we're, we're put face-to-face face with it, right? And one of the most important things in consent in relationships is knowing that silence should be taken as a no, or, you know, you do not take everything as a yes, if anything, or in the size of safety, yep. right? And say, you know, Consent they... is
0: queen, people.
2: Yeah. So consent has to be an active yes. And it doesn't mean that they have to say, like, yes is the word, but you have to be able to read it from everything they do. Right. Um, because it's not often that people will will just come out and say, you know, yes, if you're not asking. Right. You have to ask for consent. Otherwise, you have to be able to read the context and read a room. And that's going to be that's hard for people who are just beginning that especially when their emotions are involved. But that's why learning consent is important.
0: And do we feel that Stephen and Connie need to learn this idea of consent?
2: They do. And I was actually surprised that they never got the talk during this episode about consent, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think um, – <clears throat> I think Jamie had more of a consent talk than, than Stephen and Connie, and I think it would have been very helpful for them to to sit down with them and tell them, hey, this is why this letter was not okay, and this is why you should learn to respect somebody's wishes when somebody is being insistent on starting a relationship with you when you're not interested in it. And it's okay if you want to, you know, be empathetic and be open to other, another person's feelings but don't compromise your own for another person if it meant you know giving away your own sort of like wishes or consent so i think that it would have been important for them to have that sort of talk and i i didn't get that from the episode
0: hmm.
2: anything else about i i'm over days?
0: here going like this whole thing with consent and i'm trying to remember if like the first episode with stevani that's alone together right
2: yeah
0: yeah but they have a concept of consent because kevin's in that episode and kevin was a major creeper
1: ah uh, mm-hmm. kevin
0: so Would they be? they have the 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 idea that Nobody is allowed to touch them. Nobody's allowed to make them feel inferior, make them feel uncomfortable. They understand that. So what went from that episode of Alone Together with Kevin to we can take away Garnet's consent?
2: I I And I feel
0: that's where the lack of boundaries is.
2: I disagree that that episode shows an understanding of consent. I think everybody has an intuitive understanding of, I don't want somebody to do something with me, so I'll make it clear. But that does not mean that we understand how consent works in every single situation. It doesn't mean we understand that consent should be applied to others, that consent is actually a thing that we should be aware of constantly, that, you know, it it, that writing a letter in somebody's name is a breach of consent because you're doing something without their permission. All of those things require much more understanding than simply like, you know, I don't want to dance with you right now. Please don't make me dance with you. You know, that's Mm -hmm. more like an intuitive understanding, but I think it, it requires a lot more thought and a lot more learning to conceive the many ways in which consent can present itself, and we have to respect it.
0: I mean, I can see where you're coming from on that one. Mm -hmm. But then it also goes back to the whole, like, okay, fine. Does Jamie truly believe in love? So, like, based on the conversation Garnet has Mm -hmm. with Jamie. Like, Garnet understands the whole thing with a relationship.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: It's it's a a lot of work. It's constant work. Love at first sight, I'm not going to say it doesn't exist, but it's very difficult because you don't know a person. hmm So was what Jamie had lust, love, intrigue, uh, general curiosity? Or did he just have that moment of she just looks really hot and I'm into that?
2: Mm-hmm. It definitely seems like that one, because she didn't even open, she didn't even say a word before he was already smitten by her. Um, and I think, you know, the concept of love at first sight is something that is, um, it's retrospective. Like... So I think the the concept of love at first sight is something that's more rep- retrospective in the sense that... Um, for example, my relationship with my wife, I met her and immediately like, a, like two months after we had met, we had already started a relationship up until now. And it's easy to go back in time and say, hey, I think that was love at first sight. But, you know, the very constant love is something that is hard to define. And I guess if you define it as a form of attraction, then it was. But if you sort of define it as something a bit more convoluted that requires you know emotional commitment to each other's well-being and goals then in that sense there's no such thing as love at first sight right um so I think it's it's very important to draw that distinction and also recognize that sometimes in retrospect like things can seem like love at first sight but it's not something that people often experience firsthand
1: Yeah, and for Jamie here, I definitely feel like this is much more of, like, infatuation. This is, like, classic, like, seeing the girl from across the schoolyard sort of infatuation. Like, he has absolutely no idea, and Garnet even says, you have absolutely no idea who or what I am. So there's no possible way that you could love me or be in love with me Mm -hmm. because you have no idea—you have— the, you don't have the slightest clue about who I am as a person, mm-hmm. so yeah. You, but at the same time, like you feel like you're so like the, this infatuation is so strong that you've convinced yourself that you that you might be in love. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of those things that Gartner's is kind of helping him snap out of is this infatuation that he has towards her. And so then he can kind of start coming back into every coming back into the focus of the world with like a, a clearer head. Doesn't make it hurt any less, you know. Like kind of realizing that okay, there's nothing that's gonna happen. There's no relationship. There's nothing here. But at least now it's it's the thing where that he needed to kind of get that like that um, idea cemented in his head that okay, so she's not interested. I need to kind of pick myself up and, and keep going with my life and, and set my sights on something that I truly do like. Like Arden says, like you're an amazing actor because you even convinced yourself that you're in love. So try community theater. And so now he needs to refocus his efforts onto something else that he really enjoys, like theater. Maybe one day he'll get good.
2: <laughs> exactly
1: exactly in other forms and other forms of theater because i think he's great
0: i so apologize for the coughing fit um i am still getting over covid and i ended up with uh, a respiratory infection on top of it and uh so yeah sorry i just figured,
1: I just figured you'd cut that
2: yeah
0: no you're it, you were, you'll make John, your life
2: you, you'll make your work a lot easier Jean yeah. was
0: Jean was talking so i started coughing on top of him and yeah that's yeah, but gonna you, be hard
1: you, I, oh i thought it, it's three audio files so you just have to like line it up and then you just cut out your specific part
0: so i can i can try that it's gonna be difficult but i'm going to apologize anyway
2: just in case it's just okay. in
0: case yeah. i can't um so yes i i had a really bad coughing fit i'm still recovering um mm-hmm. This is week uh, three for me. Um, yeah, it kind of hit me hard. <laughs> well, so, is there anything um, you wanted
1: to add on this infatuation slash love at first sight? Um, talk, cat?
0: Well, actually, I love um, Garnet's conversation with him because of the fact that she's... She helps him understand the whole concept of love.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And helps him understand the... Like what what happens in a relationship, um, and she does sort of like that compliment sandwich thing. Yeah, you know she gives him good good news, bad news, good news. She she tops it off with the like, you're a good actor because you convinced yourself, like, you were so into this part of smitten young teenage boy. That you really thought you felt something for me, but you really did it. This was just a, this was just a play.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Which I guess um some psychologists would say that all of life is a performance, but yes.
0: well, um <laughs> the four, actually, yeah, there's I mean, you can go with Shakespeare with the whole line of uh, all the world's a play, and all the men and win, women merely, merely players. Um, or you can go with the four agreements, um, and they talk about how life is a play also, and everybody is the star of their own play. Mm -hmm. So if you're the star of your own play, you're going to come, come across many other people who, again, are the stars of their own play. You're just a bit part in their play. So when that happens, it's. It's that whole that whole concept of um, if you run across a jerk uh, in the morning, you know you just ran across a jerk, but if you run across a jerk every uh, all day, you're the jerk
3: mm-hmm.
0: You know that's that's the whole thing. It's if if you walk into a store and you step on somebody's foot and you apologize and they start cursing you out, you don't know what was going on in their play prior to you stepping on their foot. You know what was going on in your play, and you, you were probably having a great day until this situation. And Jamie, his play is literally like a stage for him. Mm-hmm. So he, Garnet came in, and he wanted her to be his leading lady instead of another bit player. But he didn't take into consideration all the other things that were going on in Garnet's play. Mm-hmm. So, four agreements, everybody. There's a book to read.
2: <laughs> the only thing I can hope is that Jamie tries community theater and he comes out reformed.
0: Yes, I would like him to get a, a, a better grasp on reality than um what he has right now apparently kansas is um the place that makes you believe that all the world is an actual play
1: well i will say this i did not expect us to talk this long on love letters hey but we bravo did. bravo but we everybody did. <clears throat> i say this was a wonderful performance you just put on <laughs>
0: I think Love Letters is a great episode that teaches a lot about appropriate boundaries. It teaches about consent. It teaches about, you know, the, the beginning parts of relationships and what it takes to actually make a relationship work in a way that's understandable to small children.
2: Yeah. I think this and, is a great episode to sit down with with your kids after you watched it and have a conversation.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's definitely one of those episodes, like, you have, like, once you stop and think about it, like, we're doing, obviously, then, you like, you realize there's so much more deeper stuff that you can pull through this and so many lessons you can take away from it. But when you watch it on the surface level, it's not, it's not, like, a particularly entertaining episode.
0: Well, that's because Jamie is not a particularly entertaining person. (laughs) I think that's a matter of opinion, but I digress.
2: Kat, this is a Jamie hate-free zone.
0: No, it's not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we only express hate for Ronaldo. Thank you very much. So, what's next? So, I feel like we've gotten all of our performance out of the way in love letters. Let us now... Move on to the great debate of the night, Uh, reformed or reformed, and we'll start with the the classic bits, crispy bits. Crispy, crispy bits. So, in this episode, Steven is taking the crying breakfast friends quiz, and he finds out uh, who he is. I already forgot which one he became. Um, But then he tries to do the test with Amethyst. And and while he's going through the quiz questions with Amethyst, they end up joining Garnet, who's in Amethyst's room, looking for the slinker um, that Stephen named it as it's roaming around through the temple. And over the course of them trying to find the slinker and take care of it, um, Amethyst goes through uh, these drastic changes, as I would like to put them. Um, mm-hmm. And she gets poofed uh, quite a few times and comes back each time faster than the last time. And it really is like frustrating Garnet um, because she knows that amethyst is not taking her uh, her like regeneration seriously. Um, and it leads to some big tension between Amethyst and Garnet, Amethyst and Pearl, even though Pearl really isn't in this episode, and ultimately between Amethyst and Amethyst. Um, and then eventually, um, when Steven sort of makes a realization about Amethyst as a, a, and her character, she gets poofed again one last time. And instead of taking mere seconds to reform, she takes a whole four hours to reform And now she's in this nice... She's back to normal and in a whole new outfit. And it's wonderful. And that's it. So, the debate. The (laughs) debate, yeah. debate. Reformed
0: or reformed? So, the reason why I say we can do either one with this is because of the fact that um... Like, she reforms many different times.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So, in the Um, literal sense, she's reforming.
0: Exactly. So, there are several times she's reforming. And she's doing this without any thought process. Which, part of the whole crying breakfast friends quiz was, like, what type of personality do you have?
3: Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And, um... Like, she doesn't even answer those with good thought. She doesn't answer them as who she is. Her answers are very... Very quick. um, Mm -hmm. And... She does, She says, oh my god, there was one, one of them that I was going, like, no. They asked if she would, like, one of the questions is, like, would you do something impulsive or would you think something out? And she does, oh, oh no, I'm gonna think it out. Like, mm-hmm. and then right after that, the first, you know, she starts, re- you know, she gets poofed and then she starts reforming right away with no thought onto her form.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. and Amethyst is Amethyst's own worst enemy. She's so insecure about who she is as a gem, as a member of the Crystal Gems, as in relationship to Steven, in relationship to Garnet, and in relationship to Pearl. She is so insecure about that that she tries to do everything to be anybody but her, which is very apparent in this episode. Yeah. I adore Amethyst. She is pretty much everybody when they're having a bad day. When you are having that day where you just doubt your capabilities, or um, like I've been having issues with imposter sy- syndrome, like mm-hmm. I totally feel Amethyst and I can totally relate to her. But she is her own worst enemy because she won't take the time to think of how she will be happy where she takes that, that whole thought process of they'll like me more if I'm more like Pearl. They'll like me more if I'm bigger. They'll like me more if I'm stronger. So we see that in the culmination of her reformations. So all those times that she poofs and gets changed back, she's not the strongest amethyst possible because she's trying to take into consideration how will they like me? Not how will I like myself. Mm-hmm. So we see her turn into Pearl, or um, I think it's more Pearl from like the the um, the pilot episode, right? Her hair is yeah. a lot pointier, a lot. She's more bird-like. Um, well, I
1: think that's also like I, th- I think a lot of it it's also she's exaggerating a lot of features, and plus like. She has long hair, so she she can't make her hair sh- short. Yes, she can.
2: I like, mean, it's she
0: could. it's them. <laughs> I, they, yeah, I, I mean, she could I, turn
2: I, into I, a helicopter. Exactly. I guess,
1: but like, if that was the case, if she wanted to really be more like Pearl, then I don't know why she kept her hair that long, unless obviously like she was doing it as one as like a way to try to satisfy Garnet, but at the same time also make fun of Pearl. Mm-hmm try to play it off as a joke even though right now she is in the midst of this big battle against her own insecurities Mm -hmm. and this is one of those classic um you know changing yourself to fit in on the outside exactly like you are you're more concerned with how others are perceiving you than how you are perceiving yourself, and you're, and, and in this case, Amethyst is willing to sacrifice even her own physical appearance, uh, in terms of her actual body, for the sake of gaining others' approval. And when that approval isn't given, despite trying to do what it is that they were suggesting, uh, this is what leads her to acting out and getting frustrated because she doesn't know what they want, and they can't tell her what she needs to do because it's something she needs to do for herself. And it it takes several, you know, times to reform for Steven to sort of understand that, no, she can't do that by herself. Mm -hmm. She's too concerned about other people and what they think of her. Mm -hmm. Because she's so self-conscious and so insecure about herself that she can't bother, she can't think for herself. She needs Mm -hmm. to have others think for her. And then this is what leads to the final poof that lets her take some time to actually reflect on those words and get her to reform back to her normal self, albeit, you know, a costume change. Yeah.
0: So can we think as... So I'm going to proposition this. Is it possible to think that the slinker... Yes, I mean, it was a physical... Uh, bad guy in this episode but can we see it as uh, a manifestation of amethyst insecurities with herself
1: i was just i was gonna say like i was gonna say something like that um in terms of the slinker i feel like this whole slinker business is definitely a metaphor for um amethyst at least starting to recognize and confront her own insecurities. And I mean, as you can tell, like they didn't even get the slinker. Garnet sort of drop-kicked it into someplace else in the temple, yep. just yeah. to get Amethyst back. So, it's still there. It's definitely still there, but she started the confrontation.
2: I think part of what makes the slinker such a good metaphor is that it can apply to pretty much anything. Anything that sort of brings us down, and we have to be able to reflect on our mistakes to be able to grow from it and to surpass this linker. Um, I think anything that could apply to that metaphor sort of applies in this situation. So if you've had this sort of traumatic situation that's been, you know, harming you time and time again, and you have no idea how to solve it because you have not given yourself the space or the context to, like, appropriately you know get some perspective and see what it is you have to change in order to surpass yourself um i think that's sort of what the slinker sort of represents for me in this episode right
0: well and so what i loved about it is the slinker basically attacks her every time she's arguing about her not knowing what they want her to be Mm -hmm. so it's When she's when she reforms um, and she's she's saying how this form wouldn't this form make them happy or this is what she thought they wanted. This is when the slinker attacks and shows like you're not being true to you. Yeah. You know, and and it's one of those things that, yes, our insecurities are probably our biggest downfall in as as human beings. Um, but this was like the best representation for the manifestation of our insecurities Yeah. Um, because it was always the, when you're not true to who you are, to who you are as a person, to who you are as a crystal gem, to who you are, whatever, that's when the slinker attacked. And I think that's the best way to prove like you're stronger when you're, when you are who you're supposed to be. And I mm-hmm. mean, that's very difficult for people to realize like, Who am I as a person? Well, what makes Mm -hmm. you happy? You know, and it's not about what makes everybody else happy. It's what makes you happy. That's when you're going to be the strongest. That's when you're going to be able to fight the hardest. That's when you're going to be able to put up, you know, the best defense. Mm
2: -hmm. And your strengths.
0: Yeah. And Amethyst could not do that this whole episode. She was so concerned about being what everybody else wanted.
2: Yeah. I think there's there's many ways in which we... I think this episode interprets Amethyst, mm-hmm. and I think there's many ways that we can interpret it because she's a very complex character in this episode. Because we can see her constant transformation as a representation of her insecurities as she's having conversations with Garnet. And when she's fully aware that Garnet prefers Pearl as a teammate, then she prefers Garnet because Garnet is so um, um, impulsive or untrustworthy in certain ways, right?
0: Amethyst. You said Garnet (laughs) prefers. Garnet prefers, uh, yeah. Yeah,
2: Garnet (laughs) prefers Pearl. And we can see that objectively throughout various episodes, right? Um, And so we can see it as her insecurities showing, like, maybe if I was like Pearl, maybe if I was strong like Garnet, and none of those working out. Another way we can see it is the way Amethyst maybe acts out, um, the way she she's angry about how others perceive her. If we go back to the beginning of the episode, as Steven is sort of giving her, quizzing her on on, you know, what type of crying breakfast friend she is, she takes everything as a joke. Right. And that's why she's saying, like, you know, I would totally think the situation out. I wonder if she actually believes that or if she was just saying that because she thought it would be the most ironic, f- funny answer she could give. Right.
1: Uh, um, my thought process on that is that she was answering those questions as if she was Pearl. Mm-hmm. So that's all. I feel like it was more so she was answering what she would believe Pearl would answer.
2: Yeah, she was she was sort of joking around yeah, like, the this test. wasn't, like, I, mm-hmm. I don't
1: feel like it was any sort of irony or, you mm-hmm. know, she just was just saying these things. I feel like she was trying to embody Pearl mm-hmm. with those answers. So she, like, and, yeah. and truth, and there are some truth to those things. I'm sure Pearl would probably have answered like that at some, like, if she had to answer these questions that, you know, yeah. her answers would be similar along those lines. But I feel like this whole thing that we've been talking about with the slinker and um, sort of being this metaphor for her insecurities and her confronting that this is what my that this is like the main argument for why I say it would be reformed, because in the end, she becomes a little more reformed. Yes, mm-hmm. of course, we have the, vis- the literal, you know, changing of her body until she gets to the, the one where she feels like she's supposed to be. But then it's also a, a, ref, a reformation of her mindset to some extent. You know, mm-hmm. it's not fully, she hasn't fully accepted herself yet, you know, from what it seems like. And if we continue with the metaphor of the slinker being those insecurities, it's not fully defeated yet. Yeah. But I say, like, in some way, shape, or form, she's reformed. She, she's a little bit more, she's starting to be a little bit more conscious about her decision making and sort of trying to think of, think things through before she just decides to act
3: mm-hmm.
1: which i think is, a, is like a you know this is obviously one of those amethyst grow growth episodes you know yeah. she's growing as a character she's growing as a gem uh, and you know this is just more character development for her as well we get a more inside look to amethyst and her psyche and, and how she works how how is she operating on a day-to-day basis
0: yeah. So we also see in this that Stephen is very in tune with amethyst because he's able to see that she can't take that time
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, to think about herself. Yeah. And And I think that's where we have the whole concept of like severe insecurity. When you can't when you don't like yourself to the point where you can't think, about your things to focus on your things and you'd rather focus on everything else. Um, you know, that's, that's a big thing. Now it's, it's funny because I actually get that a lot with my clients when they first start, uh, therapy, Mm -hmm. they will, they are probably some of the most empathetic, uh, people. Some of them. I do have some like really bad narcissistic people but uh, uh <laughs> um, but they are usually very very empathetic uh, very very willing to help their friends out um, and they will always put their friends problems before their own why mm-hmm. because they don't want to think about themselves they don't want to think about their problems So when they think about their friends' problems or they're helping their friends out with their stuff, they don't have to focus on themselves. And that helps them feel better. You know, they're not focusing on the one thing that they can't seem to fix, which is themselves. Or they are so depressed that if they're focusing on everybody else, they don't have to think about their depression. And that's what we see with amethyst is she's insecure about herself. She may have some tendency to go toward like to lean towards depression. Um, And I think we've seen that in an episode before too. Um, I know Mm -hmm. we're going to see it in another few episodes with her. Um, We don't know anything yet. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. But you know, this is one of those ones where we start saying, okay, like she has self-esteem issues. Um, she may be suffering from some depression because she can't focus on herself. Um, like, she is more willing to put everybody else first than think about herself. Um, yeah. We've seen that in episodes.
2: <laughs> I think there's there's another lens through which we can see this because um, our previous episode with her, I think it was the wrestling one? Yes. We often speak about how Amethyst, one of her strengths is that she is comfortable with ambiguity Mm -hmm. and she likes, she's the one who shape shifts the most because part of her strength is that she's comfortable filling different roles and being, and, and constantly experimenting with herself, right? And I think across this episode, she's struggling with the idea of whether others accept her for who she is, you know, if it's okay like if garnet sees her for who she is or if she doesn't like the fact that her room is messy or if she doesn't like the fact that she's impulsive or stuff like that and so when she's turning into pearl and garnet in in her different you know reformations um she's sort of serving as the antithesis of showing Garnet like, oh, this is what you want me to be. You want me to be Pearl? Look at how stupid this is. Look at how ridiculous I look being Pearl. And then she says like, you know, I'm going to turn into Garnet. And look, I'm buff like you told me to be. You want me to be buff. That's the person you want me to be. And look at how ridiculous I look being buff, being, you know, asymmetrically strong. And she's kind of missing the point of what Garnet is trying to tell her. But at the same time, she's wrestling with the feeling of why? Why can't you just accept me for what I am? Right. And in a in a similar way, she's struggling with why can't I accept myself and accept that the way that I act is something that some people might find uncomfortable. Right. Yep. And I think that's what she does at the end. At the end she gives herself the time to think and be herself, be her, you know, non-labeled self. She doesn't want any labels, she doesn't want to be defined as something, and that's who she is. Almost antithetically, you know? She is lab- she labels herself as a person who doesn't want to be labeled and that's okay. It's okay to be yourself as long as you think about it long enough. To make sure you're growing through the process, and you see at the end how Pearl is super happy because she fixed the flap that wasn't that was always like off off place in her in her shirt, Mm -hmm. and I guess that's that's the way in which Amethyst completely accepts who she is, but also accepts that she has some growing to do. So. even okay. if it's just the flap on your shirt, that's that's one step forward for her.
0: So it was, um, but because it's one of those things like Garnet and we've seen Pearl have an issue with the relationship of Garnet and Amethyst, mm-hmm. um, in the one where where they become Sugalite, yeah. Um, but in that episode also, we also see how Amethyst sort of looks forward to fusing with, uh, with Garnet. Yeah. And that she, she's almost, what's the word? Like, just amazed that Garnet chose to, to fuse with her.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So... Amethyst isn't the only one who suffers from these moments of <clears throat> of self doubt. Yeah, um, but it's one of it's it's just more profound in Amethyst, and I think it's more profound in her because of the fact that technically she's a uh, what did they call her? Oh my God! What did um?
2: Yeah, she was like half formed, yeah. or, or something like that.
0: <clears throat> so her the way she was formed, she's not a typical amethyst. You mm-hmm. know, when we saw the kindergarten the the kindergarten, all the amethysts were huge, and then there's garnet who's just a very small. I mean, there's garnet. There's amethyst who's a very small amethyst. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's not the typical. You know, gem. And then. She has so she has a lot going for her when it comes to these these setbacks that can make someone feel very insecure about themselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So when do when do Pearl or Garnet help her realize that she's fine just the way she is? And I think this is the first time we actually see Garnet kind of doing that like acceptance. Mm hmm. You know, she needs to think about her form. You know, she's the one who has to put her form together. You know, they don't say that they like her the way she is, but it's Garnet saying, like, we can't give you these choices to be a form. You have to Mm -hmm. choose your form. You know, and of course we all know it's when Amethyst chooses her form. Yeah, so, okay, it takes four hours, but it takes four hours because it's, it's going to be the strongest version of amethyst that there is,
3: mm-hmm.
0: as opposed to those kind of reject ones that she half-assed it. So I think it's going to be like we're gonna. I I think we're going to see a lot more of this whole amethyst versus amethyst, um, because yeah. it's it's not completely over. The the slinker is still out there, isn't he? Yeah, it. <laughs> So, if the slinker is still out there, it just shows that this is not something that has been defeated.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So this is going to be something that's going to have to, like Amethyst, still needs to overcome.
2: Have any other thoughts on reformed?
0: No. I think I, I think reformed. I think the fact that uh, that Pearl was just impressed. That she fixed the strap that she that Pearl hated was a big thing.
2: (laughs) It's a big step for Pearl, it really
0: is. It's like you fix that strap that's always showing. That's something a mom says to her teenage daughter whose bra strap is showing.
1: All right, well, I mean, I feel like I feel like we really uh really dove deep into this one, I would say,
0: right? Right, guys, maybe. (laughs) (laughs)
1: i'm sure like if, if we had all the time in the world we could probably spend hours just talking about well i i should say if we could talk about the whole series and amethyst's journey we could go on for hours talking about just amethyst as a character and i think that's really great i think that's really awesome but yeah we'll have to just wait and, and as as we keep going through these episodes we'll we'll add more to to the lovely amethyst.
0: I love amethyst. She's she's a very uh I think this is one of those episodes that show um the progress she can make and that really kind of fleshes her out as a character. Um she is definitely not too di- two-dimensional. Um it does show like the slinker is able to show that she has the process for growth. Um, and, and I mean, ultimately I would love to see where else Amethyst goes as a character. Um, cause I think she's just, I mean, she's, she's one of my favorites.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And I know she'll, uh, I I have a feeling she's gonna make some great strides as the seasons go on.
0: So all right. So Alright.
1: So if we have <laughs> nothing else to add, we'll we'll wrap up this show. So thank you everybody so much for tuning in to this episode of Here Comes a Thought. Uh tune in next time. We will go over the next two episodes in the in the whole serial lineup. Um I do not remember what those episode names are called. Do you John? The next few episodes? The next yep. two
2: episodes we're covering. We have the the sword fighting one. The, we, <gasps> sword we'll do it for, for her. Sword. Do it for her.
0: Oh, my God. Ooh, I love that episode. It's going to be a
1: good episode next week, folks. It's going to be a Connie episode. All right. And I think there's
2: another one. I forgot.
1: There is. There has to be, obviously. There, there's always two. <laughs> there's always two. So there's got to be another one. Well, you know what? It'll be a surprise for all of us for next time so make sure to come back next time and we'll continue on with our series um if you guys are always looking to have a nice epic long discussion about these episodes you can do so on the on the forums at forum.geektherapy.com and as always if you want to chat with us You want to chat about Steven Universe or you have another fandom that you want to talk about and feel free to join our Discord uh, at geektherapy.com forward slash Discord. We have literally a channel for everything. And if there isn't, if for some reason there isn't a channel for something that you want to talk about, we have a request channel. Just make a request and the Discord gods will uh, gladly provide that for you so it's a fun time great conversations to be had uh, and yeah that's gonna do it so uh yeah tune in next week guys take care bye
0: bye